everybody. Welcome to another episode of Three Scoops of Brown Sugar. My name is Chitima. Hey, Marie. And Natasha. Oh, gosh. Guess who we have back here? So fast, because he tried to beat us up. Damn. <laughs> okay, wrong choice of words. <laughs> to introduce me with. Okay. Um, is. Can we edit that out? Too soon. Like, too soon. <laughs> I see what I can do, bro. <laughs> okay, this is Davon, aka Champ. Christ handles all my problems. How y'all doing? Came at real smooth. That was it? What? What? I mean, what, what else is that? You only have to like if. <laughs> But I don't yeah. know. He doesn't switch up often. Like you want my pronouns? He, him, his. What? I'm just... him. I'm dead. Yeah, that shit. Yeah, like, I don't know. I Lana, you just start with me automatically. It's all good though. That's because she like you. That's what she does. She. Like. I'm pretty sure she cares. What? Too. That's what they say when you're okay, little. Now. You like okay, real steamy in the spring. Yeah. You're a mess. She's killing the game with this lipstick right now. Okay. Well, lipstick okay. is okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. You got to break stuff. All Lord he got is a bit of a tip of a swab. <laughs> 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 what? Is that swig in it? What? Swig. What? Have you eaten Whoa. today? Did <laughs> see it ready? You know, that was fast. No, it was gonna happen. That was for that. really bad. He drank a whole bottle of Duce last time he was here. Last time, he but did. I, I was very coherent. I was very. He good, was lit so. surprisingly. I would have been on the floor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a little bottle. Like, that's that person. Oh, so that's a lot that. of alcohol. Just drinking it straight. Did you drink it straight? He drank it straight. He did drink it straight. Oh, my bad. He didn't have juice. That's that Harlem shit. <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> your buddy. I don't know. I thought he had juice. That's a lot. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, so somebody had a story. Start off. First of all, if y'all know John Singleton is jacked up. Yeah, yeah, he's in a coma. Oh, I heard it was light. Yeah, now he's in a coma. Yeah. Oh no. Well, he had the stroke, but now yeah, now they say he's in a coma. So I don't yeah, know. That's wow. isn't that oh, a bad wow. thing when you go from uh yeah, unless no, they don't unless they do it on like unless it's like medically induced to help you recover, quote unquote. I think he's in yeah. a coma because of what happened. So we'll see. That makes, I mean, well, that's so unfortunate. I hope he comes through. him and his family. Yeah. Like John Cena was saying, you know, he has like some good movies back rock, in the day. Yeah. Oh, you know you watched them. Hmm? And you know I did. <laughs> <laughs> Not the shows, but the movies. I was surprised you didn't flood our Instagram. Pray for John. He didn't die. Oh, my God. My movies. Why you're gonna, gonna pray for him because <laughs> wow. that, I'm sorry, wow, but you I mean, that's crazy. You don't be praying for people when they're alive. I did, I so did. I was praying for the him people now. talking about you know giving flowers while they're alive. They right. talking about you. Okay. okay, that's funny. I'll take it. Wow, I'm done. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody had a story? Um, the only reason I have a story, story is because I'm sick and dying. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have to say that I have to stop saying that I'm dying. I'm sick. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. probably sound that way you're gonna hear me cough like I smoke Newports I don't um, <laughs> my story though and I mean this is really a timely story anyway because of the whole issue not issue the whole stories that are coming out um, I'm also drinking while I'm sick I'm so sorry um, because this, <laughs> this shit is very incoherent the stories that are coming that. out you need to confirm your Uber license plate and be wearing right. your yeah, driver I saw that you gotta I talk about that. that cause that bitch yeah. well, so what was this before I go to my story cause I don't wanna say it wrong what did the, the bitch Ma'am, mm-hmm. I'm called a bitch. I'm sorry. Okay, what happened? What happened? With the bitch? I'm confused. She, she, um, I don't think she did check. You know how? I mean, I don't know. Do everybody check? I do. I, I check the license plate because they I all fucking black for the camera. That. Because it happened to me. Remember when, when I left here and got oh, into the, the wrong Uber? Yeah, that was right. funny, but not funny. Yeah, it wasn't funny. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, it was funny. But after you also the you say you tell them your name and you get in, don't yeah. you? That's why I'm like, you don't tell them your name. I wait for them to. He just started driving. That's true. 
So that could have been kidnapped. Yeah, that nigga was just ready to steal, bitch. That was just bad. Yeah, because I'd be like, is it for Alana? And they'd be like, Alana. Yeah, is it for her? <laughs> Alana. Okay. Yep, I guess it's me. <laughs> Two other people in here, so we good. Um, but I don't think she confirmed anything when she I think she just got in and oh. he drove off. But it's and like he, I think they said she was drunk too. You know the story? I think he just oh, raped her. Uh, I'm too? just uh, what? jumping into oh, this. Damn, okay. we really should have Googled that. Wow. Well basically a young lady was assaulted, possibly murdered, don't know. Um, I thought she died. I don't remember the story. But the thing is that this is not the only story like this. It is rare, but it happens. So, I got in an Uber uh, recently with a not young man. Sorry. The white girl. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. The white girl. With a not young man, and I'm sick and I was coughing. So, he's like, yo, you want to get down in these halls? And normally... No. (laughs) I don't take anything from anyone (laughs) anywhere, especially not in an Uber. But these ladies were like, you know... A little miffed at me because I you took the calls. Oh. But the thing is, no, nah, y'all. First what, of all, he was Nigerian. He was like, "You want to take these halls?" Oh, you talking about us? I thought you talking about the people in Uber with you. No, it was just me. Oh, me and old boy, and me I was and coughing. <laughs> and he offered you the whole. That's like him saying you want some <coughs> some drugs, and you would have took it for help you with your cold. No, because it sounded like it was annoying <laughs> him. And I personally don't like being sick. And I don't like being sick. And then, like, you people look at you. If somebody looks at me rude, like I'm bothering them, I'll cough extra loud and, and spray in fuck. their face. I still cough. But generally, I don't want to, like, sneeze and, and all that. I do I, hate that because people do look at you like you're contagious. I just, like, it just sounds super you came loud in here to me. Coughing. It just sounds super loud to me. So, anyway, the, old, the, the, the man offered me some hauls. But it was a fresh bag, though. Like, fresh off the cooler, he took the wrapper off in front of me, bust uh-huh. open the bag, handed it back, didn't give me no special hauls with All a special, right. okay. Yeah, see. So Maybe. I, I should have taken still. the hauls. I don't know. I would have oh, just God, been like, it's crazy. fine. I, I mean, mean, I was on the way to some different stuff, but... Yeah, then you could have gotten the hauls there. What the fuck? <laughs> I ain't got no hauls, man. You could have told him to go to the store. So, the girl, 21. Right. 21. Um, was found dead. Uh, oh, she died? Friday... Lord. Which was probably like a week. Uh, no, beginning of April. Yeah. Um, Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, after being abducted hours earlier, when mm-hmm. she mistakenly got into an, into a car after being at the bar, believing that it was her Uber. That Uber. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it was never the Uber. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uber driver, twenty four year old black man. Of course, they make him black. He probably wasn't. They make him. I don't what? think anybody made him. He could have been white. But I don't X-Files? think they said go. <laughs> Cool. Oh, yeah, right. Maybe he Afro Latino. Okay, he could be that. But yeah, basically, <laughs> basically check everything before you get an Uber, but especially by like yourself. They, first of all, when you you yeah. have especially the app, when you're you drunk. look at it, they got the guy's picture and everything. So how do you? You don't see that face, especially I mean, in the dark. I do. I be look going. No, no, no. But like it. sometimes they don't turn okay. around. Oh, you talking about when you get to the car? Okay. Like you're gonna walk to the front of the car and be like. That's no, I look to the window, the driver's like, window sometimes. But. Yeah, that's actually two things I have an issue with when it comes to any app mm-hmm. that deals with, like, driving. Um, one, they never pick you up in front of what you actually them to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, looking at me, looking at you. <laughs> you're going to turn around? You're right. going to come to this side of the street? Right. Oh, you're nope. going to turn that corner? The oh, side. I hate when they at the corner. And they or, or on the, the other corner. side. Or you see them coming. And they drive like 130 sure. feet past you. Right. Mm-hmm. They go, like oh. you literally could have just stopped right there. Mm-hmm. You could have just stopped right in front of me. You like know what I'm saying? You could have just stopped right where the pin was dropped. Right. The pin wasn't dropped over here. Exactly. Oh or they always had the, um, oh, I don't show your location. That. Nigga, I'm, it shows you. I'm blinking. It's I'm standing You're right here. You dumb. still. The last one <laughs> is. Don't see me. 
they their phones go straight to voicemail. And I'm calling mm. you. Oh, you have? I never had that experience. No, no. Oh, like they either don't answer or they just oh, no, they go to voicemail. Like, I have somebody did hang up on me one time. Yeah, I like, like answer they phone. like just hung up. It should be a. It, it shouldn't even be a. Requirement. And then they text your phone me should talking about automatically I'm here. pick up. Your phone should automatically pick You're up. Your Uber driver, like mm. what the fuck? I never had that experience. That's happened to me before. I don't know. It's very. I feel like we don't think about like how dangerous it could be because it's just so. It's so normal now. Yeah, yeah that, I, remember, I think that's what it is. It's so normal now. The first time I ever took an Uber, like, I remember to the day. I'll tell you why. It's funny. So, they did a nigga, broke up with a nigga. We went that old thing back. Cool, right? So, we went to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we went to dinner. And he was like, all right, I'm going to take you home. I'm like, you ain't got no car. He's like, no, I got Uber. I was like, it's an Uber. So, anyway, I'm long story short, we get an Uber. He really thought he was somebody. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm the one that didn't know. I thought this nigga was flashing. I was like, you got a black car? Right, right. Short nigga's coming up. Anyway, so oh, we did an Uber. <laughs> but back then, like, but that was like, I took an Uber. Then this was literally, I'm telling you, like November of 2015. I didn't start taking Ubers by myself until a good year and a half later because the shit was weird to me. Like, mm-hmm. Especially once I moved back to New York, I'm like, mm, right. you could literally be Billy down the block. Well, in my neighborhood, Juan down the block. Like, right. I don't want no parts. But now it is super normal. Like, I just be calling Ubers for anything. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I do look at the car type and I look at the license plate. Just, mm-hmm. But that's because they all look the same. Right. right. It's not literally even that I fear someone's same. gonna steal me. They just Yeah, they all, all say the black Toyota and it's like, yeah. mm, can and I get a green one one day? And four freaking numbers of the license plate is the same The shape. same, right. And it's like, something, something. now I gotta look at the ending. And, I always look at the end, right. like the last two in the end. I just be looking real hard. Yeah, I look real quick. And I get in the six, car. Mm. If they have their little card, I'm I usually do the card and the shape of their head, make sure it's the same. You can't see their faces. Usually they don't turn and say hi to you. They don't. So, yeah, it's but like, um, but they do drive past sometimes. So you don't look at the driver when they try, drive past. They're contact, you know, I'm blind. Oh, and it's God. dark, and yeah, they I, I still windows. look at them. Mm-hmm. And this is I when mean, this is when I'm sober, though. Like, right. imagine yeah. you're, you are. Oh having yeah, a night especially out. when I'm drunk. Ooh, I never take Uber. Actually, yeah, that's a lie. I definitely did take Uber. I take Uber when I'm drunk all the time, and I be sleep. I think that's the bad part. That's a horrible part because they can just take you anywhere. Anywhere. Thank you. No, no, not anywhere. <laughs> no, not, like, I know, not like kidnap you. I'm just talking about they can like add a couple like extra miles home. to your trip. Mm-hmm. I I watched the trip um, on my phone. Mm-hmm. If it starts going somewhere that I don't know, then I'm I like, used to be okay. in a pool, so that's why I'm like, yeah. we're going to stop at But even then, the pool makes me feel less dang- like in danger. Cause yeah, because people are always in a car with you. Sometimes. Yeah, if somebody really wants to set you up, oh, let me make it look like a pool, and me, and my niggas gonna want to trade. Yeah, like, oh, that's what we gotta do with that now. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, yeah, that's like a y'all horror both movie. took it whoa. dark. Horror movie. I do make it home still, guys. Y'all ever made a friend in Uber? There was this one uh, Uber. No, one bitch card. talked too much. But go ahead. Damn, Damn. he gave me his <laughs> He said, "If you ever need a ride, call me." I was like, "Yeah, all right." Ride on the dick. No, the girl she talked too much, and she was like new to New York. Oh no, that was the worst. She's talking about. Oh, how like did you live here your whole oh life? I was like, yeah. And she said, like, yeah, it's like so genderfied now, right? How the like, fuck um, would you know? Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you just got here. Heights oh my god, what a great segue! I'm like, oh, best died. <laughs> and she was just doing a lot, and then she just kept talking. Like, shut up. And I'm like, well, how would you know that? Well, how would you know you just got here? Yeah, like this... really, she was really going in. I was just like, this bitch, shut the fuck up. Can you ever even drop me off? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, question right. of the day. 
Um, what is it like living in New York City in the midst of gentrification? Wow, I feel like the, all eyes on me. Right. No, oh, I mean, that I'm was not no, intentional. No, you're just no, no, no. Right. I know. No, this is good. This is good. Anybody can really, anybody can really answer this because no, no I, I'll actually. <laughs> so I take really the rings on this that. one. <laughs> uh, well, you go first, guest. Yeah. Whoa, champ. Nice guest. guest. Oh. I'm home too. You know what I'm saying? Home too. I said I'm home too. Sheesh. Spicy. You just said guest. Uh, Nigga. <laughs> uh, um, it's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, granted, you know, I live right on the outskirts of Harlem. I'm uh, n- newly intertwined with Washington Heights now. You know, <laughs> you know, but I live. That's why I say the outskirts. It's like right there. You know, I could walk there. So why do you live there? anyway? Uh, cause I have no choice. Like I pushed mm. out of Harlem. Harlem is expensive. Uh, <laughs> studios are starting to go for like twenty three hundred. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Which is wild to me, but super yep. crazy. But didn't the white people come take over Harlem first when they came back to New York? Or no? What, what is the question? White people. What about them? Didn't they take over Harlem first when they came back to New York? From when where? they came or back after from? what? I don't know where the fuck they was at. Because was okay in Harlem. It was a lot of black people in Harlem. Before they got pushed out. When is this? When was it a lot what of black people? What time frame are you talking about? In Harlem? When they got pushed out. When they got pushed out? Which is when? Uh, hold on, let me do my. I math. mean, we can go through the history Shit. of this if you want. Yeah. I mean, I think we should because I'm confused about right, so, it. Like in the early gonna, 2000s, I felt like that's, that's what we're talking about. You, but we making it seem like it's a double cycle that we weren't right. aware of. Like 1880. Right. Like, <laughs> we didn't know about. Like, I, we didn't know we wasn't going to go that far back. But go ahead. Uh, I guess the one I think is a little bit of the history. Oh, don't do too long. Oh, I'm not going to go too long. Uh, I'm definitely not going to do that. I mean, like, if, if, I mean, you don't really need to know like a whole lot about it. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a lot to really understand, but you also have to really realize that none of us were really the first settlers. Of course not, no. You know, so like the first settlers here were Native Americans in Harlem, obviously. They were then bought out by Dutch and then Dutch colonized it. And then, as it grew into the Industrial Revolution, it became very wow. Italian, Jewish. Going all the way back to the region right know. now. <laughs> it be, no, I'm being real. It became very Italian and very Jewish and Irish. Mm-hmm. You know, and then from there, you know, um, Jim Crow happened. You know, from the South, and the Great Migration took place, and then it went from being like 30% black before 1910 to like. 80, 90% black mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. 1920s and all, Red lining, all that. And that was purposeful. So, I think stuff. it's important that we say that because as an aside, people like to say, what are you talking about? Neighborhoods change, things change. They change and we have no control. Right. And mm-hmm. ghettos and hoods, air quotes, because um, I don't like to refer to our neighborhoods as that, they were purposely made that way. Mm-hmm. Just as an aside, because I, I hate mm-hmm. a misconception that why are you mad? Everything changes. You guys, you guys, which I love. Get to move wherever you want. <laughs> that's really not the case. Like people literally could have moved wherever they want. Exactly. It's yeah. So zoning, all of that stuff. We have a Harlem for a reason, or right. we had what Harlem was for a reason. But continue. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but pretty much like I tell people all the time, like you know, 
we at one point were gentrifiers ourselves. Like that's really what it boils down to. But we made something mm-hmm. of Harlem's legacy. Like I don't care how far you go back, everybody's gonna start with either who bought the settlement of Harlem, mm-hmm. which is obviously the Dutch, and that's why we have Amsterdam Avenue and all this and other why stuff. It's called why Harlem. it's called Harlem? Were we really but gentrifiers? But we really, but we really. Took we, over. We pushed pe- out. We pushed out three different races, three we, different cultures. But we we pushed them out, or yes. we were pushed in. in, and they. Mm-hmm. I feel like they. No, no, we pushed them out. We we pushed them out. How? Because it grew over a period of time. I mean, you also have to understand, like there are also white people that don't like other white people either. So that's I mean, still yeah. Jewish, <laughs> still Italian. You know what I'm saying? So like, when you are left to say, you know what, I'm gonna migrate myself downtown, further downtown, and then you have a larger population of well-to-do whites in a neighborhood that is actually very horrible. I mean, if we go back to the whole five points financial district uh, yeah. situation, <clears throat> you had white gangs that ran it pretty much. Like, no black people are really trying to be down there, you know? Um, I that's, go down there yeah, so I mean, as time progressed, like <laughs> like we say, neighborhoods change. People have different forms of direction. The Great Migration brought, uh, like, terrified African-American blacks from the South to New York. Like, Harlem is, like, one of the greatest populated areas for blacks ever. Yeah. What That's why the, I call it the Mecca. Yeah. What's the top five? Because all of them are changing. Is DC is Chocolate City. Mm-hmm. Harlem is Harlem. Chicago, I'm sure, had a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit, mm-hmm. and there's another. Maybe in Ohio. Maybe it was Cleveland, but Cleveland had an AIDS, AIDS issue. It's a different story. I think those are the top Whoa. five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm <laughs> after the day, I guess. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, but I think those are the top five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, the Great Migration pushed these huge influxes of African-Americans too. Yeah, I mean, the it, it really, the Great Migration really started with the yeah. um, when Jim Crow. And there are waves the Jim of Crow it. South. Several so, waves. You know, like, it's really something that is not, it, it's not, it's not hard to recognize, you know, but mm. when we actually settled here, we made something of Ireland. We turned it into the blackest Mecca in the United States, you mm-hmm. know, outside of, like, Tulsa, Black Wall Street, mm. outside of certain things in Savannah, Georgia, prior to segregation. Yeah. In the Northeast. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we turned it into something to what it is today. And then now we, we are starting to feel like we're being pushed out again, which is, which is perfectly understandable. I mean, if you have, like, four or five generations of people who've grown up here, lived here their whole lives, and you started to see, you know, become less melanated, you <laughs> Severely. Know? You know, you start you start feeling a certain type of way. I mean, there was a lot of places that I can still remember to this day as a kid where mm-hmm. I didn't even realize meant a lot to me. Like, i.e., Pan Pan. You know how much I miss it? <laughs> I miss Pan Pan. <laughs> See, it, you know, like, it's one of those things, like, you, you just miss certain things. I miss when uh, the African Day Parade was, like, the longest parade mm-hmm. in uh, Harlem. Typical. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. it was almost as long as the Eastern Parkway. You know, like, it was the longest parade in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, five blocks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, they, it's, gentrification bothers me. It's because the people who are coming into this community, into any community, is making it better for themselves, not necessarily mm-hmm. for the neighbors and the people that actually been there the longest. So this is actually something I asked um, 
white people, even black people, mm-hmm. who just moved to Harlem from no matter where they mm-hmm. are. I always ask them, I was like, all right, you live here now. What are you going to do for the community? They get mad Nothing. every single time. They'd be like, what are you doing for the community? And I go back and I say, <laughs> like, certain things like, oh, my community bought 11 for East Harlem. I do the Close Records campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a mentorship on 129th and Amsterdam through my church, which yeah. is also in the National Black Theater. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like. So can they be justified for being angry or feeling like you're kind of like attacking them in a way no because um, i feel as though if beca- let me let me because you were born and raised in harlem like mm-hmm. you have connections you have family like there's some it means more to you because of those connections those people just got there how do you expect somebody to have such a deep love or feel like an obligation to do something for a community that they literally just got to <laughs> Well, one, you didn't just up and move there. There's a reason why you moved there. I mean, yeah, probably for convenience. Or maybe they got a job in the city and they want to live somewhere affordable. See, to me, that's a problem because if I move to, uh, I don't know, Boston, Oakland or something, I am not just moving because the the rent is cheap. No, I'm Mm going to immerse myself in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like, me personally, I'm going to go to try to find all the black-owned spots. As many yeah. as I personally can, personally. Okay. I mean, right. But then, but then I also am going to find ways to get myself involved with the community in some way, shape, or form because I'm new here. I'm if I'm if I'm gonna have a two year lease, I want to know that I'm paying more than just my rent. You know what I'm saying? So like, what I if the person is not black or like have no even racial uh, attachment to the community? Like you said, like if you were to move here or something like that, you go to a black on this, black on that, mm-hmm. supporting your community. So what if I'm a white person that goes there and I just happen to shop at places that are then in the support, community? Isn't that supporting local community business? I respectfully disagree on this point because I see what yeah. Chidema is saying. I don't think the average, and I'll throw this word out here, this fucking word, millennial, moves say. into no, a place and says, I want to be an acu- active contributor say. to the community. However, I do want to say places specifically like Harlem are, it, not for everyone is it a rent thing because we're talking about Harlem in the late 80s and the 90s. Even in the early 2000s, before the Clintons really made it a thing where all the white, cool, Birkenstock kids wanted to right, go, right, right. was not a place that you wanted to be. So even if you were saving money, your white ass wasn't going there. At all. I think what brings people there is that it's the cool place to be. You came there to be a consumer of culture. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to be a consumer of culture and basically be a bottom feeder on one hand, then as he's saying, then you need to contribute something else too. You can't just come here and go to, and eat our... Spanish food and go and chill in our nice spots and go to our cool bookstores and get the fat they asses. Contribute. They bring and Starbucks. They don't bring anything because mm. if Starbucks is not that's hiring not people issue. in the neighborhood and if they're not contributing to the schools as corporations, then they're not doing shit. The corporations follow the influx of people mm-hmm. and they don't often bring shit with them mm-hmm. that benefits that community. So I get what Chidema is saying. I just think New York is weird in that our rent is so fucking high that people will move places just for lower rent. Mm-hmm. Right. But now I'm talking about, but maybe 20 years ago, 15, I, I don't think it was the rent. It was the aspect of the cool of being in a certain area. And I'm, you know, it was a different kind of movement. And you have to, it's not okay to do both. You can't just eat our culture and then walk away, and which is what I, happens and, on a larger scale. And, yeah, exactly. And you can't not contribute back to our culture at the same time because yeah. the more you absorb, the less legacy we have the the less tradition we have mm-hmm. you know the reason why i brought up the african-american day parade is because their biggest issue was the people in the crowds thereafter mm-hmm. 
why are you complaining about something that literally happens every year? That is yeah. a tradition. So that, you know what I'm saying? That's, like, a, that's where I think they it's come, problematic. They, yeah, where they people come, feel like they can come into community and just change it. But that's what I'm saying. Your yeah. question was derived of, well, if that person just wants to live there. No, it's never the case. The case is that they come, cheaper rent, something happens in that neighborhood that they don't like, mm-hmm. they're quick to call the police, black kid gets arrested for just being yeah. outside. Well, you know, they, they, complain, <laughs> they complain about certain things I tell you about the weather. Do you know, like, if you live anywhere adjacent to a project or mm-hmm. Lennox 7th, 8th, mm-hmm. and you automatically mm-hmm. hear motorcycles outside, you don't even got to be near your window. Oh, it's like 70 degrees right now. Right. Like, yeah. there's certain Or, like, things. you hear people talking or you hear music. Exactly. I can't be, like, I can't be mad at that. You can't, Like, that's but, what you've literally but been like, doing. But, like, those are, like, certain things that are indicators. Like, oh, let me get, let me, let me pull that outfit out I've been saving. So. You know what I mean? <laughs> to like, relate to the recent story in the news, I, I'm sure everybody's heard it. It's about D.C., about and it's particular parts. So I lived in DC for five years. When mm. I moved to DC, it was around 2010, oh God, 2011. DC used to be Chocolate <laughs> City. Like, that's what it was. That is the yard. That's Howard. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, DC is oh, Chocolate City. Oh, that's what you about to talk about, Howard? Oh, no. Both mm. things. So, the yeah. thing that the two dog? things are happening recently the in the news. Now, I say I to say I lived there from 2009 to about 2015, 2016. I saw the rapid gentrification. I mean, rapid gentrification mm-hmm. when I lived there. It started happening a little bit before I got there to the point where it is now that D.C. is probably not going to be predominantly black mm-hmm. in about another couple of years. And I'm talking about D.C. proper itself. It's fairly small. Then it's all the outlying suburbs of Virginia and Maryland mm-hmm. okay. where people are getting pushed out into. So the two recent things in the news. So A Street is a corridor. You can think of it like, um, let's say Malcolm X Boulevard in Harlem. That Lennox. Lennox. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lennox. I was like Malcolm X has <laughs> rapidly, <laughs> rapidly changed. So the way that we see all these new buildings going up mm-hmm. here, that happened in DC. All the empty lots done. They don't really have projects like we have that here. So that's kind of making it easier to gentrify their area. Mm. Um and so now it's just all condos. It's very much I'm a little white woman with my dog. I'm a white man a with stroller. no socks on. Shows, etc. Really, listen. You got cargo shorts on, child. You know he does. <laughs> All right, booty high and firm. But no, so, <laughs> um, okay. A, a real right. integral part of DC culture is go-go music. I don't know how well known that is outside of the DC Maryland area, but if you know Wale, you know go-go music. He features it, and that's. I mean, you hear it all of the time. I remember going to D.C. If you go downtown around the Verizon Center, that's all that you hear, especially in the summer. And it's popping. I've heard, like, the MLK speech over a go-go beat. It was lit. Like, I'm not... It's a cultural thing. Right. So now there's this the H Street Corridor, which looks completely different. All of the... I'm going to say all of. A lot of the new neighbors are really upset about this loud music that happens usually in the summer, in the spring, when it starts to get popping, coming out of, like, a particular... Um, it's actually a cell phone store. So they're calling the cops. They're calling the councilmen. They're trying to get it shut down. The music store was bought by T-Mobile. They called the head of the company. They're like, doing a lot. They were doing... I'm not, I'm not going to say they called the head of the company. It got that far. I'm not surprised if they and did. And <laughs> I love DC because these niggas flooded the streets and played go-go, uh, go-go music all day and all night and mm-hmm. dance in the streets like real nigga shit. But it's still a problem. There's, so. It's still going to be an issue. The second thing that Alana brought up is that there is Howard, of course. Howard used to be in the hood. It is no longer the hood. I used to live down the street from Howard. And when I lived there, my rent for my tiny studio apartment was eleven hundred dollars. It's probably now about seventeen. <laughs> um, 
just gonna throw that out there. Uh, and there was definitely selling pussy down the street from my apartment when I lived there, and my rent was eleven hundred dollars. So you could just see the creep. Right, right. So anyway, so some white folks decided to walk their dogs on the yard. On a whole campus. <laughs> on, first of all, it's it's fucking Howard, right? Howard <laughs> has the yard. Like you do everything on the yard. Right. You stump the yard. That's yep. whatever. That's so good. I've never seen that movie. Rip Chris Brown. Anyway, <laughs> but like that. Don't you reference it, bro? I'm just no saying because no nobody is, is. It's. I mean, come on. It's like Howard Homecoming. You always hear about that. Like right, that bro. is legacy. Right. That is a good. Has to be two hundred years. One so, mm. hundred and something. Yep. So these white folks want to walk fucking Chucky on the yard. I'm dead, Chucky. <laughs> and be mad. And I think the president banned them from doing it now. Yeah, because yeah, the dogs are shitting it. in the fucking yard, but, and they don't want to pick it up. They don't, first of all, move your fucking dog before I kick the bitch. And then you have the dog shit. But it's not even that you're gonna have the dog shit and they get mad when you have opposition right. to you fucking up my my private college campus. Right. I was stupid? gonna say it's a private university. So well, regardless, do you know what you're wishing this for? But like I don't understand. Can we talk about the next level? I don't understand. Can we talk about that? There's an old white man. What's the old white man do? He wants. Oh, he said that he wants the campus right to, to move. move. He was like, if you guys don't like us walking our dogs, blah, 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 then you guys should move the fuck. Are you this serious? is the kind of shit. Oh. You have to pick up the whole university and move it out of somewhere that How belongs to me. Yeah. <laughs> you literally just got here two weeks ago. I don't know who the fuck you're Are talking you dumb? to over here. Charlie. Do you know how many <laughs> black physicians, lawyers, statements like that Howard that's graduates? Right. Are I think, you stupid? I think what gets me mad is like the audacity of these people. Like no, 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 that's white people. It's white people. They call me these people, so I'm gonna call them the Caucasity. The Caucasity. Yeah. Like it's really, it's really wild. Like people really say it, stand there and say these things, and they like really feel like in their heart, like they have justification. Like, yeah, move your university. The fuck, I want to walk my dog. No, 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 but that's but that what makes it even worse because it's like it's like it's coming back again with the whole oh go back to Africa kind of sentiment. So. For me, that hurt me on a deeper level. I never, like, honestly, I have never experienced Howard on homecoming. Like, that's something I still want to do to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, you know somebody that goes to Howard and everything. You don't have to you know really anybody. Tell you, you, you really show, show the fuck. You, you really just show up. I just want to say, like, that's the beauty of something like <laughs> yeah. Howard homecoming. When you go there, you feel like you're you just right. It's just black people and they're beautiful and it's just it's amazing. amazing. You could just show the. Yo, and really that's the thing, like, and, and the fact that it's so inviting, it's like its own mecca within itself mm-hmm. for HBCUs it's to actually come together, you know, and for them to like feel like our institutions, our HBCUs aren't respected by other people where they can just walk their dogs, shit on our lawns. And then have a, and expect us to still pay over a hundred thousand dollars in our then, education. Like, are you stupid? Don't, is oh ridiculous. And then for them to feel <laughs> that way about us, this is going back to what I just originally said. People don't just move for the convenience of rent. People move for a reason, the culture, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now that you're immersed in the culture, you don't like it, then you get out. Right, you see what move. I'm saying? So this is why I don't like the direction Harlem is heading in is because people will move into Harlem, complain about it, and then fight to make it what they want it to be. Exactly. And that's why I ask, that's why Mm -hmm. I ask all the time, what are you going to contribute to this community? 
I don't care if you say, you know what, the block I live on is horrendous. I want to clean it up. I want right. to speak to a council. Because That's I'll be different. like, oh, listen, like, right. like, I'm That's here. Right. You know, I will agree with you on that. Right. Like, it's to the point now where earlier today, right, I had to spit out my gum. And, you know, usually any one of us would just spit anywhere. And then I just realized something. I was just like, nah, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of contributing to, to the litter. You know? yeah, and really lately hate. I've been feeling I like I really that. hate when people litter. Yeah, it's probably uh, like one like of my I'm biggest I'm starting things. to Definitely. understand that. But then I noticed, like, if I don't do it, I'm one less person who's contributing to the problem. Yeah. That's just me. I can't right. really say anything else about anybody right. else. But me, you know, I'm one of those people who are like, get the receipt and then kind of like act like it just fell out of my pocket. Oh, <laughs> and I, I don't do that. I don't Sir? do that. Uh, <laughs> I hold like, my garbage I'm, in my purse and I wait. Right. Because <laughs> it's really not, it, but the thing is you be littering and there's literally a garbage can like two right steps there, away. Right there. But that, but that's something that's It's the mentality. It's not yeah. like valuing your... Yeah, so like I started, uh, this happened, you know, it's been a while now, but I'm like really starting to understand the value that Harlem is supposed to bring our community. The second thing I'm actually going to say, and the reason why it's so important to ask that question, no matter where you go, is because you're going to plan to raise kids here. Like, mm-hmm. just right. a little while, like, I would say maybe last month, maybe a month before that, I ran into a white kid who was 15. He grew up in Harlem. Mm-hmm. He grew up on 112th in Manhattan Ave. Mm-hmm. I was just like, bro, do you not know, like, no, 10 he years doesn't. ago, like, when you were born, <laughs> he has no you would idea. not be allowed because you got more inside right there, and, um... <laughs> That's money, Manhattan Ave. Like that's that's a whole nother animal right there. You know what I'm saying? And for him to actually say that, I was just like, wow, I gotta give you respect now. You know, because I have time. to realize that there are going to be other races, other cultures that are going to be raised here in my community. Mm-hmm. So I need to know what are you doing as someone who is contributing, paying rent, mm-hmm. taxes, all of that. And talk to me, what are you going to do for mm-hmm. it? Because if you're just going to sit here and tell me, oh, I don't need to do nothing or whatever the case may be, I start thinking about the next generation behind me mm-hmm. and how much that's going to affect me. Because my my ultimate goal is to do two things on, on the bl- brownstone, right Same. on Strivers Row. Same. I want to be a part of that, a, a black excellence. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, you know, get a street named after me. Honestly, like, I really do. Those are the two <laughs> things. I That's literally sweet. really want to happen in That's my lifetime. Sweet. Those are the two things. You know, I don't even care if somebody just put my whole spray paint my face on I'm the dead. side of a building. <laughs> I don't even care. I want to have like all those visuals happen. You yeah. Know? Like doesn't really matter. The point is that I just want to I just want to leave my mark, my stamp in my community. And I want others to not, they don't have to feel the same way, but like for the next two years of your lease, one year lease. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are I you mean, gonna do? I I want our communities largely to stay the same. I want them to be better, of course. Yeah. But I want them to stay the same. And again, I feel like New York. Actually, I can't even say that anymore. New York is not a microcosm because of the same thing is happening in D.C. The same thing is happening in L.A. Where Compton is not going to be black for very in the South much Bronx. longer. <laughs> and I'm about to get to the South Bronx. So, like, if you think about New York City and you're from here, the Bronx is like the fucking final destination, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So Harlem went first as part of Manhattan. Brooklyn is gone by now. When I grew up here. First of all, niggas, niggas felt the same way about Brooklyn they felt about the Bronx. Niggas wasn't going to Brooklyn to get stabbed. It wasn't mm-hmm. happening. 
Mm-hmm. You go to Brooklyn. I cannot afford to live in Brooklyn personally right now. Unless I start mm-hmm. selling pussy, and I'm really not selling pussy to a white man. So that's Brooklyn why five white people live whoa. in a one bedroom apartment. That's what I'm saying. Right. So Brooklyn's pretty much gone. Like, the There's fuck? little touches in Brownsville really and like yeah, I don't East think they New York. Went to Brownsville yet. They're getting there. If you if you start looking at ho- you have to look at housing prices really okay. before because we're not a house a house place. We're an right, apartment place, right. so it's kind of weird. But if you look at housing prices in like a East New York. 700, 800, 900. Which is wild. Which is wild. If you <laughs> look at the South wild. Bronx, where I'm from, which is still, I always have to say this, it's the poorest congressional district in this country. Houses, 700, 800, well, 900,000. The and white people, they don't mind traveling. This is, a, it's not even that. This is the thing. So, I, about maybe a year and a half ago, more than that, two years ago, I just started noticing white women with dogs. It's always the, and they're just jogging around. And it mm-hmm. wasn't nothing. The sun was setting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bitch, do you not know? And it's not that I want my neighborhood to be dangerous or that I feel that it's dangerous. It's just you never see that. Yep. But I live in the very southern in the Bronx where I could walk to Harlem in like uh-huh. 15 minutes. That very southern tip under the Bruckner is done. It's Those lofts, 1.2 million. Yes. Gone. Yeah. I'm not There's, but still. Yes. They're, they're beautiful. <laughs> but they're not owned by people that look like me oh. for the vast majority. Um, there's cute little cafes now. We have a new bookstore now. It's called The Lit Bar. I'm a huge supporter. It's owned by a Hispanic woman, an Afro-Latina. Go visit. They're having a grand opening this weekend. Mm-hmm. But So we're having these new things that were never in the Bronx before. Because, again, the Bronx is the final destination. You go there for heroin and to get stabbed. That was it. Um, <laughs> well, that's point. Yeah, I was going to point now. <laughs> they still out there, yeah. No, but um, oh. <laughs> I'm just saying it had this really bad reputation. Mm. And I don't want it to keep a bad reputation, but I also don't want it to look like Harlem. And I don't want it to look like Brooklyn, where nobody looks like me. And it's a hostile environment. And I don't feel cool going to my local store because Becky's there with fucking Brendan. Like, I'm not interested in our my neighborhood changing that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I grew up in that neighborhood in a fucking food desert with a poor education, mm-hmm. bitch. And you, because you think mm-hmm. it's cool now, you're not going to come here and raise these prices. So that I can't now buy a property mm-hmm. where I'm from. I think people value that. And they're yeah. like, well, just get over it. I don't want to get over so it. So like, who is to blame for gentrification? Like, who can you really blame? Can you really blame Gen- Becky? Or do you, can you blame the more than likely Jewish guy who bought up the property and raised the prices yeah, 10 times? That's racist. I blame well. Becky and her dad. <laughs> oh. I blame Becky and her dad. I said more than likely Jewish guy because it's no, more than I'm gonna, likely... Well, I'm gonna, and I'm going to keep it real. I'm <laughs> blaming my own community because I, yeah. honestly, honestly, we have more access to resources than we think. That's it's true. just that there's people who are willing to Google search one minute longer mm-hmm. than you do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, Prime example, I work for, well, I'm on the community board 11 for East Harlem, Mm -hmm. and I'm on the economic development team and human services team. But whenever I go to a full board meeting uh, for the entire district of East Harlem, or if I go to any other full board meetings Mm -hmm. for Harlem, period, you know, I notice that it's less of us and more of them who are attending. And mind you, they're not even on the community board Mm -mm. themselves. They're just sitting there retaining the information. Mind you, we're in a community center sometimes and grant projects. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, I know the what whole it means. It'd be smelling like Kool-Aid and chicken. You know, Sorry, the racist. whole hood can actually come out there yeah. and sit in their own gym and mm-hmm. retain this information. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm just using examples of like, they would literally put any community board meeting in a public community center mm-hmm. 
in an area that is mm. adjacent to a train. I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like you can walk there, you can take a bus right. there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we had, sometimes we like uh, we sometimes we have it even in like um, elderly retirement homes, mm-hmm. you know, in their community mm-hmm. centers. And it's not like you can't go see your grandma and go right downstairs. She cooking, and then. You know, like, go see it. But I'm just saying, it's the level of importance that we have within our community. Yeah. Why do you I th- think that there's no... Um... Because people are used to struggling and giving up That's before they actually say. try. Mm-hmm. I don't and think we were taught I'm, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I wasn't taught that. Like, nobody... And that was another thing. Nobody taught us how to do that. No. You know, like, that's why I'm stressing the importance of asking questions that are really difficult. Yeah. I don't care if people don't like me. I'm still a likable guy at the end of the day. Really don't <laughs> but the point I'll find is, somebody else. It's yeah, yeah, but it's the truth. But like, I'd rather give you a thought-provoking question right, that pisses right. you off, that at, causes you to like talk about me negatively, and then start the whole conversation with somebody else. Like, oh, snap, what can we do? You know what I'm saying? So it's like one of those things where you, as a community, not say you, 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 yeah. you, 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 as a community, because. Mm-hmm. By yourself, you are still your own neighbor. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, you as a community can actually start the conversation. Like, yo, you know, instead of saying, yo, meet up for happy hour drinks. Nah, meet me at this community bar meeting. I mean, I will say, I think that, and I just see this amongst my own, you know, cousins, family members, etc. That we as a generation are a lot more cognizant of things, and some of us are a lot more willing to do things. And like for me personally, it's really just a. I'll give you this backstory. I think it's very interesting how the South Bronx, why the South Bronx is the way it is. So the particular part of the South Bronx I'm talking about, which is Mott Haven, so everything below us, say Yankee Stadium to Harlem. The way that that was built is it used to look like a wasteland. It was all burned down by some building owners who wanted their insurance money. This, you really trying with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's trying with that one sweep. But it was all burned down. And there's this really great photographer. I don't remember his name. I'll drop a link. There's all these really nice, they're not nice, somber pictures of the Bronx burned the fuck out. That is a community my mother grew up in. And then what they did is there was an issue with a lot of homeless people in hotels in Manhattan, and they started selling crack in those hotels and raping kids in those hotels. And you know what they did? They pushed them into the Bronx. Mm-hmm. So the, the seat of the generation that birthed mine is people that were coming out of homeless shelters that had substance abuse problems. Mm-hmm. This was the HIV epidemic. So I'm saying all this to say that they were pushed into a slum. Great. Now you have my generation that was born and we're older now. So we really don't have, without us going to look for it, um, a basis of, basis of education to buy a home, to invest in our communities, to do. And I'm, this is outside of us all going to prison <laughs> in the mm-hmm. late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. being in gangs. Right. I'm just saying there's all these societal ills that pour into this, right? Mm-hmm. So now my generation is older and I'm at the age where I want to buy a home. Um, and I, I've done relatively well considering where I'm from. And I'm like, okay, great. I want to figure out how to make this happen with zero education, zero resources that I know of that I have to go and look for. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have the social, the person, not social, the personal um, need to go look for things. But I'm just saying it's never even a thought in my mind because of how my neighborhood was built, how I saw it come about. Really, none of that was ever a thought. Why would I want to buy anything here? Can I even buy anything here? Right. Like none of these things are ever. It's not seen like that. It's mm-hmm. never there. Yeah. But yeah. now that I'm of age to do so, it really is like this huge groundswell that I have to be a part of to even have the thought that I want to own a property. And now that I'm ready. Becky and her good credit and her great dad and her good college degree, you know, all these things that are maybe slightly better than me, mm-hmm. 
are starting to form a barrier. So I'm saying even if we bring ourselves up to snuff, we still have some, uh, just one more hill to leap over. Right. Just one more to leap over. And I'm talking about in New York City, not in fucking Lorain, Ohio, where I can buy a house with $10,000 down. We ain't doing that here. So you right. just got to be that much better. And it's just, I, I just find it to be so ridiculous. Like, now that we've come, I've come out of this generation that was, the Bronx was a piece of shit in the 90s and early 2000s, just was. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm, I want it to be better for, I have a goddaughter or my nieces or my nephews, it's like, but better how? Because mm-hmm. it's not going to be better and all be black and brown. It's just not. That's what it is in New York at this point. I think that's what it is like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like things can't be better and be black and brown at the same right. time. And I don't mind a little wow, mix. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not can a super we, can racist. Can we tweet that really quickly? We should. Yeah, that's, that should go up. Twitter took away my account. Damn, Shayma, what you been doing? No, it's because AOL took away my email address and that's the email I had to recover the Twitter. and see? But not Clearly, they knew my mindset. All that I'm saying is, I, the happiest, not the, I hated it, but one of the best times of my life was when I lived in Georgia, and I loved it so much because everybody was black and brown. And it was just an amazing feeling to be in a community mm-hmm. where not only did everybody look like me, but it was just comfortable. And right. I hated the fucking South. I would love for it to be that way here, but I realize it's not going to be that way, but at the same time, I just don't want it to see everyone pushed out. Because what's mm-hmm. going to happen is they're going to create a slum in like fucking Westchester, Mm-hmm. Another 40, 45 years are going to pass and it's going to be a reverse influx. Yeah. Like white flight was a thing. I think it's know? cyclical. It is. Um, because it's it definitely is. happening um, in Newark. Yeah, um, it is like Jersey, high Yo, key. Jersey Lord. City is Jersey already City, gone. Bruh. <laughs> Yo, Bro, you bruh. can't find nothing in Jersey City. <laughs> it's, it's a different like, place. Yeah, it is Yo, a different Newark, place. You go past that little garden that's there, <laughs> past the Planet Fitness, You're and stupid. then it's like. $1,200, $1,500, $1,600, $1,700 yeah. apartments. I'm just like, and no parking? That's crazy. None whatsoever. You think to yourself, like, yo, this was Jersey City. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Jersey City, bro? I can't live in Jersey City? <laughs> I'd be hurt. I can't even, you really can't even live in downtown Newark anymore. Like, there's apartments. No. Shaq built a building. And, like, the mayor is doing, I guess, a good thing by having part of those buildings be, uh, what's it called? Mm, affordable. Yeah, affordable. affordable. Which but is like a that's not, but like, okay, like, it's not even really The rent affordable. may be affordable, but the community is not affordable. Also So, that. if the community is not affordable, I can't afford to live here, and then I'm going to be pushed out, and somebody else is going to nah, take like, that. Can we talk about the, the, the tax brackets? Really? <laughs> so, let's talk about the lottery, right? So, so the average median the, for somebody to live well mm. in New York City, right? Sir, one hundred and fifty thousand. Right, I was gonna say you Sir. gotta make well, like at least twenty. What, what we talking well, about? Well, so it's like, <laughs> if that ranges between like one hundred and fifty single to like two hundred thousand, if you have kids Man, and a wife look. and stuff like that, well, yeah, right. So that already pushes the the uh, index higher, of, yeah, right. So whenever you have these new buildings going up, uh, the one thing that actually messed us up, which is good, but it still messed us up, is that minimum wage went up to fifteen mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah, great. You know, so somebody's working part time, twenty five to thirty hours a week, can still qualify to move in mm. to one of the lottery housing, mm-hmm. which is awesome, by themselves. So you're working, but you might have kids. You're working, you might be married. Mm-hmm. So now this influx, this index, actually puts you in a higher tax bracket, which means you're paying more money for rent mm-hmm. because yeah. somebody else's name is on the lease. Right. Mm-hmm. which means that you're going to be living in your own community 
just paying to just live in your community. Right. Like, yeah, nothing, nothing else. else. Like, I can't <laughs> afford nothing in my own community. I'd rather no. just move back to my mama's house. You know what I'm saying? So, That's what that's everybody and then, does. A lot of millennials and are then, chilling at home, bro. And then, <laughs> it's like, move where to do what? <laughs> and then the average uh, median cost and the average median cost for anybody who is a millennial now living in the five boroughs Child. is anywhere between forty and $75,000 a year. That's the median. Yes. So now if you Which go back crazy. on the websites, you can't even afford to live in housing. The housing lottery. You which means I make too much to be like to, that's to, why listen. I make too much money to live here, but I don't make enough money to live here. Let me yeah. tell you like, something what? funny. It's just, just like what? So I'll talk to my mom every now and then about me wanting to move. And now at the point I don't want to rent anything. It's like, how can I really just move enough weight to buy a home? Right. But we'll be talking. She's like, Well, what's the issue with renting and what's the issue with doing this and a third? I'm like, Mom, I'm a single woman. She's like, Well, isn't that better? My mother is in her 50s, and she had four children, right? And she was a stay-at-home mom in New York City, in the South Bronx, in the 80s. So just keep bear that in mind, that that money and that time was way different than what it is now. And she's like, well, why can't she just go with the lotteries? I was like, Mom, I'm a single woman. I have no children. I have no dependents. So that means you know, they think all my money is mine, right. even mm-hmm. though I have student debt, even though I have to pay for health care. Mm-hmm. Fuck having a car. <laughs> that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So... When I go to apply for things, I get zero assistance. And New right. York City is big on that whole, we pu- we're pushing the census thing, which is good. It's a good thing. But it doesn't help someone like me who falls in the middle. I am poor. I'm in the poverty index. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a college-educated woman with a salary and a professional job. That is ludicrous. I cannot mm-hmm. afford to live here on my the salary middle, alone. I have class. to get married or have a kid to get a, a fucking cut, basically. Yep. The middle class are the most fucked over people in this country because it's like you're too rich to get any benefit mm-hmm. from the government but you're mm-hmm. too poor to get those like forgivenesses and things yeah. like that when you're you know when you have enough money to do so you don't I have enough like shit. you it's it's very it's very interesting <laughs> but I'm about to fake a pregnancy in a DV I'm case good. just to get a fucking apartment and people do that all the time by the way I was about to say uh, which is unfortunate that they have like, to go that loopholes. far yeah. mm-hmm. you have to go that far just to be able to afford to live where you're already from yeah. like are you what so true where do you think um let's say like south bronx where do you think south bronx is going to be in like 10 years it's it's gonna look completely different about two and a half five years and i'm not i'm saying that even is a long range when i tell you all the fuck needs to happen is for a Whole Foods to pop up. I was gonna ask you if there was one there already. Nah, Not yet. But once you see the Whole Foods, you're like, oh Starbucks. fuck. I don't have Whole Foods. <laughs> we, I got Starbucks. We have Starbucks. We have a lot. Of, we have a Target. Nah. All the shit that's just sitting there. Let's let's chilling. Let's, let's take it a step back because mm. it's not the Starbucks. It's not the Whole Foods. Right. It's when you first see a bank open up. Once a bank opens up on the block in a in a poorer neighborhood. There's a problem we, because now yeah. those who can have good credit or mm-hmm. afford good credit pull loans out from there, and especially if they're using that money mm-hmm. that's going to be circulated within their district, their bank's district, give special cuts, special um, mm-hmm. refinance, and whatever the case may be, because it's close, it's locally, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. like once you see a bank open up, a financial institution. 
then you can call it a problem. Because having You're a right. star, like I'm, I'm sorry, but nobody's really going to move for a Starbucks. Starbucks is just showing that it happened. <laughs> I don't already. right. That's what I'm. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm not saying that people are going to move. Oh my God, there's a Whole Foods on the street. No, yeah. Move in. But, but once you see those things yeah, pop up, you already, you already know already what has happened. taken place, and yeah. you know that you have happened. X amount of time before yeah. you cannot live but where I'm just you're saying, living right. currently. Like, to, to identify it happening, right? That is really starts with like yeah. financial institutions. I just it starts with a building being demolished. Uh-huh. You it's know? already done. Like it starts with no. Actually, I'll take it a step further back. It starts when a corner store shuts down. When a corner store shuts down, nine times out of ten, the building is next, and then after that, the building is demolished. Like that's usually yeah. how I've seen it in most places. Like once a corner store shuts down, it seems like yeah, other stuff on the lot. If Mama's Fried Chicken shuts down, there's a problem. Well, yeah, definitely the smaller businesses. <laughs> like the way the stuff that yeah. I'm starting to see happen, like the first stop off the six, no, it's the second stop off the sixth train is Brook Avenue, which is what I'm closest to in the Bronx. On that particular block, um, is your average regular New York City stores, your Kennedy Fried and your whatever, your ninety nine cent stores. Those are starting to look real different now. New mm-hmm. nail shops, new this kind of shops, little coffee spots, little weird shit starting to happen, which I like. And I, I personally really find it fucking offensive that no one felt the need for anyone in that community to need any of those things until it started to become a little bit less brown and black. Mm-hmm. That really, really offends my sensibilities per- mm-hmm. sensibilities personally. And it makes me not want to patronize those places unless I know that they are black and brown owned. I will not go to them. Because I don't want you here than that you think that you're going to get some money from some white people. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I'm very hostile. It probably sounds terrible, but I really don't give a fuck. No, I will play Dipset real loud. <laughs> and walk by your business and not give you no money. <laughs> because I'm offended that you're here. It really makes me angry. But, I mean, the bottom line is that it is happening. I don't think mm-hmm. that we're powerless to stop it. I do not oh, like right. it. And I'm trying very, very hard to find a way, not only for myself to buy properties, but for my friends to buy properties, to invest in property together, to support black and brown businesses in these places that now are getting the funds to open their own little whatever it is that they have. Because right. I just don't. I would hate to see, no offense, the South Bronx look like Brooklyn. I would really, really hate that. It would make me very upset. But, you know, hopefully the revolution comes. I don't think gentrification is going to stop. That's not going to stop. No, it's stop. just that you don't want it to be um, a detriment a to the community that's there. You yeah. know? Um, cause it's going to happen. Like if mm-hmm. you live near yeah. a mass transit, anything like that's yeah. what, like, it's yeah. just going to happen. You're going to get, it's going to happen. No, there's yeah. not enough. Inevi- it's inevitable, but it's just at what cost. And you kind of have to like be a spokesperson for yourself. And I think this is where, um, um, strength in numbers is really like mm-hmm. important. Um, cause we're not going to do everything by ourselves. Like one person is not going to be like, okay, stop. You can't come here yeah. unless you help me. <laughs> but I feel like one, there needs to be a sense of like valuing your community. You can't like be throwing shit on the ground and robbing people down the street and be mad that you're getting pushed out of your community. <laughs> I mean, you can. Yeah. I mean, you can, but like, <laughs> but like, if you are not, but like, you know what you're saying, yeah. but you can, you can. like, you. I mean, of course, no. uh, that's okay. You can be mad, but well, what's no. the justification? I mean, for that? that I feel like that starts to play into the line of respectability politics. What you're saying is clearly wrong, but then people will be like, "Well, I can't sag my pants," and then be mad that fucking Chad with his shorts. Like, you here. can fucking like, sag your pants. You know what I mean? But, but I mean, I'm like, just saying, that's the line <laughs> that people should. They try to carry it. They try to carry it that far. Like, well then. Oh, did you guys, as an aside, see the thing? It was, 
I saw it on Twitter. I really got to get my sources together. So there was a school. It's not in New York City. It's somewhere else. I think it's in Illinois, where they put out um, like a mandate that people cannot drop off their children. Oh, I and saw that. I saw that this morning. And like sweatpants and there's like a dress code for parents for, for when they parents drop off with and pick kids. up their kids. Now we all seen the mother with her ass out, right? Drop our kids off. That's like, you wrong. Should probably not do that. But did you say I can't wear a do rag or a head body to drop my child off at six in the morning to your school, bitch? <laughs> Even if I don't get out of the car. That's <laughs> that's respectability politics, and that's policing a community. Right, right. And it's like, who, what? And who are you? And why? Like, are you crazy? Because those things are not a detriment to the community. They're not. It's not. And then on top of that, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you don't know how much money I'm making wearing mm. this head bonnet. Right. Like, I could be working because while driving. All these rich people, they don't be dressing like they're yeah. like. Right. It's not like you ha- like. I don't know. It's that's ridiculous. Just... And my, my thing is like, I I really don't give a fuck what y'all do. There's obviously certain lines of what you should and should not do. We know right. that. But my child and your man sees this head bonnet every night. It's not hurting none of y'all. Like, She's saying, yeah, man. And right. your man. I was like, um, head bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> Type And <laughs> when you start saying things like the things that we always do is no longer okay. It's not okay to be seen in public in this neighborhood and this area. It's like... But this neighborhood in this area was fine when my mama didn't came out with her rollers. Right. Like, this, this is okay. This is not anything terrible. I'm not fucking putting a needle in my vein. It's, it's a bonnet. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> that well, should have fitted me, man. I was to put my hot comb out. It was crazy. Basically, there's, I guess, positives and negatives of gentrification. Um, it's just about being able to preserve the community that you live in and also better it, quote unquote. Yes. Yeah. And it has to come from us, not necessarily outside. Right. Yeah, right. So- gentrification is not a color. That's why I wanted to right, present it the right. way I did. You know, <coughs> gentrification is a movement yeah. and it's represented by money. So whoever controls the money controls the community. It just happens so to it be just, a certain majority exactly. that has the most power. Well, <laughs> but exactly. there are other people but that buy no, into no, no, it. No, 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 no. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna disagree with that. Only point that you made, the reason being is because whoever has the money controls the community and there's a lot of affluent black excellence moving into Harlem themselves and I asked them the same question you know I've even run into people who know that they were gentrifying the community they could afford to live there they could afford to live wherever they want in the United States but they decided to settle here so I just they they identify themselves as gentrification so the people who live there are the gentrifiers or the people who are switch like so who who is the gentrifier so gentrification, the reason why uh, I'm glad I started off with the whole history, gentrification is ran solely, strictly by economic wealth, period, right? It's no matter, if I can look up on Street Easy, <laughs> I want to live <laughs> on Strivers Row and get a whole apartment on Strivers Row, and I can afford it, and I move there, you're part of the gentrification. It's not... It's not a stigmatism. It's not just black or white. It is literally just that. So the definition of gentrification is the process of renovating and improving a house or district so that it conforms to a middle class taste. So why I asked you who's the gentrification? Is that from Webster? Uh, Sorry. Yes, I mean. Oh, that's I just what take Google... issue with all of that. Right. But yeah, so, but sorry. No, go but ahead. That's, that's, like, but that's, based on that definition, yeah. who who's the gentrifier? Like it's the person who's moving in. in are they really renovating and improving a house yes. just by solely moving in there? Yes. Yes. So yes. you can there's, say that about. There's a whole like if there's I, don't, all, I don't know. If you go, if you go to 
if you go along Marcus Garvey Park, mm-hmm. right? Just take a, a certain corner. Just go around Marcus Garvey Park. You'll notice that every block is tame, primped, and proper. They take pride on their street. Some of them have been living there for generations. Some of them just moved into the community. But one way or another, you bet, you bet not sit on their stoop. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. bet not play no loud music because they control that street. Anybody could be a gentrified. You, with your minimal amounts of dollars, you know, I'm not saying I'll <laughs> make minimal amounts. I'm just saying with no, minimal no, no. amounts of this dollars, you can literally just stand outside of your building and start sweeping the floor. Just start sweeping the street corner if you wanted to. That is also a part of gentrification. You're renovating, you're adding to the community. What I'm saying is, it's like there's more to that than ever before. So it's like, if if somebody who moves into the community is complaining about the community, and then they find a way to restructure it to become a better community for who they consider themselves to be middle class on their block, they're going to do so. That's gentrification. Black, white, or indifferent. That's gentrification. So if I know for a fact that there's too many police on my block and it's scaring me, it's scaring the kids, it's like causing people to have some form of trauma, anxiety, mm-hmm. I'm going to go speak to the precinct and speak to somebody who is in charge of like community affairs and outreach mm-hmm. and say, hey, look, you know, it's really scary for them to only see this amount of policing on right, the block. Right, right. Somebody is going to change it. What color do you think they are? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, you know, and it's a whole lot of different stuff that follows through. Yeah, it's not just well. the definition of gentrification itself and the fact that neighborhoods are changing is that they're changing and who's that affecting and who's it affecting positively and negatively. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a lot brings more like the debate yeah. and the context to it. I, I don't think anybody would ever be against you're never going to find a parent that says yeah no don't bring these tax dollars into my district right. to make my schools better which I think is a fucked up system anyway yeah. but you're never going to find <laughs> I was someone actually that watching says something that, about that no one's ever going to say I don't want these better shopping opportunities I don't want these better grocery stores it's no just, one is I ever be saying there that to actually oh. benefit I want to benefit from, from it I don't want to be pushed out because of it Right. Those those are the conversations that oh, come behind right. that, yeah. right. and that is where the tension is. But and I, I, yeah. I just wanted to say that mm-hmm. because people often uh, perceive the word gentrification as negative. Yeah, and I just wanted to let people know that you know there's like a like textbook yeah, definition, yeah, definitely, and the reasons why it's bad is because of X, Y, and yeah. Z. Yeah, I think it's a lot of things. Totally. Like people Money controls everything. Yeah, yeah. they're like Money a lot of things aren't really negative cool. until you throw the white man. <laughs> I'm just being racist. Until you throw, <laughs> no but until you throw, no, you're right. Until you throw those other contextual elements into, it, and then you're right. like, well, you know what, Jim? There goes those crackers. Right. Um, <laughs> we should leave. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Um, you can follow us on Law Three Scoops on Instagram. Um, check us out on every platform. You're probably already doing that because you're listening right now. Um, my name is Shidema. Amory and Natasha and. Davon, aka Champ. Hit me up on the gram at Thankful Champ. Don't be hit that nigga up on the gram. (laughs) All right, guys. See you later. Jesus. So I thought, so I thought I needed. So I thought, so I thought, so I thought I needed. Thought I needed. So I thought I needed.